Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, and we have a special episode today. I'm joined by my coworker, Jacob Schrader. He's our GM of esports currently at Zen Sports, and he's also a diehard fantasy football enthusiast, along with all daily fantasy sports. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, definitely a, a diehard fantasy football enthusiast. Um, you know, I can talk a little bit about how I got into it just to start. But uh, I actually, I, you know, I used to think football and all the head injuries, you know, I wasn't really a fan of it, you know, how much contact. And then, uh, you know, in eighth grade, really, my friends were like, we need an eighth player for this league. Uh, you know, I said, fine, I'd do it. Never really planned on checking it or paying attention at all. Um, but then, you know, I had Matthew Stafford on my bench. And, you know, on Sundays when I was doing work or whatever, I would just open Fantasy Cast and, you know, check the the scores, check, you know, Matt, Matt Stafford, 18-yard completion to Calvin Johnson. Right, that was awesome because I actually had both of them that year. Uh, and then the first game I ever actually turned on the TV and watched was Matthew Stafford versus the Cowboys, uh, where Calvin Johnson went for 329 yards and Stafford had that fake spike to end the game. Oh, and yeah. I have never looked back. I am a diehard Matthew Stafford fan, diehard fantasy football fan, you know, really because of that. Um, so I'm excited to talk about stuff today. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Matt Stafford because my brother is randomly a Detroit Lions fan. And, you know, I grew up in New Jersey. My brother still lives in New Jersey. I'm obviously a Giants fan. But I don't know. He's a Lions fan. And I don't think anyone was more heartbroken when Matt Stafford got traded to the Rams than him. Uh, yeah. That was his guy. But, you know, he was happy to see him go and win a Super Bowl ring. So I will tell the listeners out here, this is a special fantasy football episode. We are going to have this episode, maybe two, uh, definitely on a weekly basis. But I'm really excited Jacob's here to join me. As he said, he's a diehard fantasy football guy, and we're here to help you as the drafts are coming up. I know some people are already starting to prepare to draft. I think some leagues draft as early as end of July. I personally wait until after the third preseason game in all my leagues to draft. How about yourself, Jacob? The same. Yeah, I mean, you don't want anyone getting injured. I mean, we never we never pull ourselves together until it's like the last minute, um, anyways. So I, I think drafting too early is silly. Stuff changes. Yeah, I mean, I think my worst drafting mistake was it was a few years ago, and it was hold the is Le'Veon Bell gonna play or not play? I had the second pick of my league, uh, and I wasn't going to pass on Le'Veon, so I drafted him thinking, all right, maybe he'll sit out four games, six games most, but, I mean, this this guy got has to play. Didn't play one snap that whole year. I swear I would never draft Le'Veon again, and I swore I would never draft someone, like, who's holding out or who's questionable mm-hmm. for the year. But well, I will say know- in that same draft, I did sneak and get Pat Mahomes, and this was – uh-huh. first full year starting and That's I was awesome. a fan of him at Texas Tech and I was like he's my sleeper so I drafted him like he was my second to last pick before the kicker um and I like just made out gold that year I won I won the regular season but I had a lot of injuries so I lost in the championship but it was still a good year That's awesome the, the late rounds are always just sleeper yeah. picks right why take a, a veteran in the the 12th yeah. round who's going to score you know 3 points a week right you know, I did something similar. I can't, you know, like I've done it a bunch. Of, oh, this year it was Debo Samuel, right? I, I don't, I didn't follow him like crazy, but I knew he could catch the ball. And I knew uh, Kittle was, was like, you know, somewhat injured. Um, but going back to what you said about Le'Veon, you know, that, that was bad for you, but that actually kind of ruined Le'Veon's career. So yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, I forget, I read somewhere like how many millions of dollars he ended up forfeiting just for sitting out that year, but it was something crazy. And I don't know if you'll ever see something like that again, but he definitely ruined not only my league. I mean, I still did good, but if I had Le'Veon and Pat Mahomes that year, I could only imagine. Oh, yeah. You know, you take the risk and everything. But I know we weren't going to talk about it till later in the episode, but now that we all are talking about leagues, you know, what's your take on playing PPR versus non-PPR? Yeah, so, uh, you know, First of all, I think the best fantasy football is dynasty fantasy football. Okay. Right. And that's where you keep your players year after year. I was in this really cool fantasy dynasty fantasy football league for maybe three or four years. I I didn't keep up with it in college and I got dropped. 
but it was so much fun. You know, it was two quarterback, four receiver, four running back, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a flex or two, but that meant that everybody was valuable. And, you know, the whole point where you keep players, it, it makes it so interesting, right. right? Where rookies are, you know, the value is, is crazy. And then when players hit 27 or 30, depending on their position, you know, you need to offboard them. And, and it just creates a, a really awesome league format. I actually, I got, you know, I, I knew he was going to be good, but I scooped up Tyreek Hill uh, his rookie year off waivers in that league. Um, so, you know, I was golden and whoever took my team over, it was doing pretty good. Um, I think I also had Andrew Luck, so that was unfortunate. Um, but, you know, as for, for PPR and regular, you know, I prefer PPR. I think it just adds more, you know, more opportunity, more, you know, more methodology into, you know, what your decision making is. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but then I can tell you about our league scoring, which is really wacky. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for PPR. You know, I like the extra point, you know, per reception. To me, non-PPR leagues just aren't as exciting. And I know some people say, well, the PPR, like, it, it's kind of like very fluky. You know, your guy catches one catch for a yard. You know, you automatically get a point for a catch. Yeah, I understand that. But for me, you know, I like high-scoring, ma- like, head-to-head matches. So I'd yeah. rather, you know, win my week, you know, 150 to 135 than something like 75 to – to 70. Like I said, I just, I love the points. I especially love, you know, with running backs, when you have a, a, a flexible running back, like a Jonathan Taylor or something that can catch Austin yeah. Eckler that can catch passes, you know, that just increases their fantasy value. So, you know, I know Derek Henry owners are probably like, uh, oh, give us yeah. non PPR every day, but you know, I, I love PPR. And another thing is kind of my main league that I've been part of for a few years the, the COVID season, we kind of switch it. We used to have, you know, just regular, we draft every year. Uh, we, it wasn't dynasty. We didn't keep players. You just drafted from scratch, but before COVID we did switch it to that. We play a daily fantasy league every week. And, you know, I know we're talking about daily fantasy a lot because I love that strategy that every week, you know, I get a salary and on, I could, you know, really scout who's playing, which team, what quarterbacks are hot, which ones are on the buy to avoid, you know, who's coming off a big game, who's coming off a bad game. Yeah. I really enjoy that because, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, you both your starting running backs just went down torn ACL for the year. You got to figure out how, how to replace them. You don't got to worry about, Oh man, like two of my receivers and my quarterback have buys this week. It's basically, you know, you just, you have your salary, you draft your lineup how you want it every week and then you play. So I really enjoyed that format. Even my other league where it is the traditional PPR, we just draft straight. It's just as fun as it is. I just can't be as creative as I can from a week to week basis because there is only so much limitations with the waiver wire. So that's my preference, but yeah, tell me about your league. Uh, So can you do DFS leagues like that on ESPN? Well, we use, we started out using FanDuel, you know, during the 2020 season and we just didn't really like FanDuel's interface. It was, it, 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 we, it got blocked out a lot. Like, you know, it would be game day and their live stats would just be shut down. So you couldn't follow your players. So you had a ton to either like do the math in your head of how many points you thought you had. But we switched over then last season from FanDuel to DraftKings and they had such a better interface. But yeah, basically, you know, it was 25 of us in the league and we set the salary. You know, I forget the exact amount that our commissioner set every week. But yeah, we drafted on a weekly basis and, you know, it kept uh, our points and we had weekly winners. So that was the other good thing. It's not like you're just playing head to head against guys every week. And then there's only a, a gold, silver, and bronze at the end of the season. We would have we would have a side pot where everyone would throw in 25 every week, and then whoever scored the most, the top two amounts of point wise every week got that side pot. And then at the end of the season, we had payouts to the overall top three winners. So that That's was awesome. another really nice aspect of the daily fantasy portion being in a league, you know, that you could win on a weekly basis and not just, you know, I'm, I want like, you know, in my misfortune, I was telling you about 
when I won the regular season, but then I lost in the playoffs due to injuries. So at mm-hmm. least it's like, you know, you did the due diligence every week and then you get rewarded for it. Yeah. I'm kind of torn on, on that approach. You know, it, it is, it is true that you get more creativity uh, and you know, the DFS is fun, right? The salary cap, that's fun. Yeah. You know, that, that's a cool mechanic. And it's great. I do like the fact that, you know, you may want to trade a player half with the season if he has an easy schedule for those playoff yeah. games and you're in. Yeah. But I like the fact that you got to play around with bye weeks and and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I see positives in both. <clears throat> you know, may, maybe it would be cool if, you know, some weeks, like there, it was like every fourth week was just DFS week, right? right? And then you had your regular team. You know, I don't know. But, you know, both of those sound interesting to me. I don't know if, if my league would want to switch over to a DFS. Um, if you can do it on ESPN, we'll consider it. But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to bet you can't, actually. Um, yeah, as for- I don't think ESPN. I think we researched it and you couldn't. But I do like – I always did want to do it fantasy because I remember in one of my main leagues, this is a few years back, you know, there was a, tr- a trade that happened, you know, late in the season against – with a guy that wasn't going to make the playoffs to a guy that was on the brink of a playoffs. There was some like backdoor dealings, you know, trade this for me. And we really couldn't, you know, do anything about it. Like I know we could have avoided the trade, but we just in good faith, weren't going to, you know, veto it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he ended up, it was such a lopsided trade. It was just so bad that yeah. we were going to end up doing the dynasty next year. So this way it's like, you know, don't trade your top guys, even if you're out of the playoffs, but we ended up not doing it. And I'm actually not in that league anymore. Uh-huh. So I do like the dan- dynasty aspect. Yeah. So, so my league, which is not dynasty, just regular, right. We have really inflated scoring. So it's about double, right. And it starts with two points per PPR. Okay. Right. So a running back who catches a lot of passes like Deandre Swift, is crazy valuable in our league. Oh, yeah. Right? So, you know, two-point PPR, but, you know, reception yardage is constant, or it, it's it's regular. So 10 yards is one point. For running backs, five yards is a point, right? Oh. So that's where Derrick Henry sees some added right, value. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we also have, you know, bonuses, right? So over 100 rushing or receiving yards is, you know, I think a three-point bonus. Uh, over 100, over 300 passing yards is a bonus. Same with 400. Uh, and then we have bonuses for like 40 yard touchdowns and 50 yard touchdowns. You know, everything is slightly inflated, but you know, it, the crux of the inflation comes from the two point PPR, right? So really everything was meant to match that, uh, but it's a lot of fun, right? Yeah. Because, you know, Hunter Renfro is valuable, right? Cole right. Beasley is a good fill in when you, when you need someone and it's yeah. not hyper reliant on touchdowns because touchdowns are seven points. Right. They're basically constant. Um, you know, I know it's six and regular, uh, but I love that scoring format. You know, our commissioner, we actually ousted him as a commissioner, although we, we, we love him. But he had one year. This was before they moved the extra point back, but he decided to make a missed extra point, 1000 points. Uh, so that was a little bit of a fluky season. I think we basically abolished the rule halfway through. But we played around with the scoring a lot. And I think everyone in the league loves it. I think it's interesting. I think it's unique. Um, so, you know, I would encourage people if, you know, you're in a group with a, a league with a group of friends, you know, why not, you know, do some, some interesting things with the, the scoring. You can customize everything on ESPN. Um, so it made it a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. I know. I hate those touchdown dependent players. Like they were, you couldn't pay me any amount of money all those years with New England to draft Sony Michelle. I was just always like, he's the most boring fantasy running back yet. He's still going to get you a one or one or two one yard rushing touchdowns a game. Like uh-huh. he would drive me crazy when I would have to go against him, but I just could never bring myself to draft him. Yeah. But I agree with that. Since we are talking PPR, let's talk about wide receivers, you know, to start our show or our show series and everything, because as you know, there was so much receivers getting traded this off season, signing new deals with free agents. So I do think that it, and obviously everyone else will agree, depending who's your quarterback as a wide receiver, that is going to impact your fantasy value. I mean, you know, DeAndre Hopkins with Deshaun Watson is a different player than whoever Deshaun Watson's backup would have been if DeAndre stayed with Houston. He goes with Kyler Murray, his value goes back up. 
So let's start out with Devontae Adams because he's the number one guy that I think everyone's been talking about this offseason. Out of nowhere, he tells the Green Bay he wants to be traded, which I don't understand how you go from, you know, Aaron Rodgers being your quarterback to Derek Carr. I get it. They do have history playing with each other. But, I mean, Jacob, what are you seeing from Devontae Adams this year? Yeah, so I don't think it hurts Devontae Adams too okay. much, right? Derek Carr can throw the ball, you know, but he does have quite a few weapons at his disposal, mm-hmm. right? Hunter Renfro is is good. Like, Hunter Renfro is really good. Right. Uh, he doesn't really play, play the same position as, uh, as oh, my gosh, Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Devontae will score a lot of touchdowns, right? But then you have Darren Waller. I know Darren Waller. I know he's injured all the time. You know, I don't think it hurts him too bad. You know, where he's being drafted seems about right to me. You know, it says wide receiver six. You know, yeah. he could he could be slower than that. You know, he's right next to CeeDee Lamb. I would probably take CeeDee Lamb over him just because he's the main guy in Dallas right that. now. Yep. Uh, Stephon Diggs, I would probably, you know, those two are really similar to me, right? Stephon Diggs is also in a, in a high-powered offense where he's, he's the main tor- target, but there's a lot of mouths to feed in Buffalo. Um, and I actually generally stay away from players like that, right? Really, my emphasis is on opportunity, right? The right. players who get the most opportunity will score the most points. You know, I look, you know, when, you know, so last year, I didn't draft either Cooper Cup or uh, Robert Woods, right? It was a mistake. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, so many mouths to feed. And I'm, I also think Tyler Higby is really good. So obviously, I was wrong there. Um, Cooper Cup was, you know, he put up the best re- receiving season ever, probably. Uh, but generally, I focus on opportunity first. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And I'm in so much agreement with you. I mean, Jamar Chase last year was just a number one guy for me to target every week at wide receiver because and he did go through about a two, three week stretch. He really didn't get a ton of receptions. But I mean, the guy, his chemistry with Joe Burrow was just phenomenal that he was always on the verge of having a 10 reception, you know, 150 plus yard day that I always target him. So looking at, you know, a lot of mock drafts this year, Devontae Adams is listed up there in a lot of them. I know you mentioned a wide receiver six, a few of them. I've saw him going as high as wide receiver two or even three, but I mean, I'm putting Jamar chase over him. I'm putting Justin Jefferson over him and especially Mike Evans. I mean, you look at in Tampa Bay without no Gronk this year, no Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin's still coming back from injury. Like, I mean, I'm all over Mike Evans. What do you think about him? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I actually, he's a guy who I would have stayed away from in the past, right? Because of Gronk, right. because of AB. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, the guy you just mentioned, I can't remember his name. He's coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they all basically would put up six receptions for 80 yards and, and three of them or two of them would have a touchdown, right? And I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, it, it, you know, I have actually stayed away from Mike Evans in recent years, just cause, you know, I'm, I really draft, folk. I, I take the wide receiver one on teams and I take the, you know, I take the guy who's a clear cut wide receiver one. Right. Yeah. You know, another sleeper I had last year, a lot when I drafted was Brandon cooks. Cause if you look at team like the Texans, you know, even though their, their quarterback was just, you know, between what was his name? Davis Webb of, of the, um, of the Texans. Yeah. And I think Tyrod started a few, a few games for them. I mean, he was still getting plenty of looks. Yeah, he had a few weeks where he didn't go, but he, he's the Texans' number one guy. They really don't have a good number two. So I was really high on Brandon Cooks a lot last season. Yeah. And I was about Michael Pittman too. But it just seemed toward the end of the year that the Indianapolis knew what they had in Jonathan Taylor at running back. And they knew Carson Wentz just – suddenly became like an interception guy and just not reliable. And Michael Pittman really burnt me toward the end of last year. So I don't, I don't like Michael Pittman. I I just don't think he's as good as he's made out to be. Um, It'll be interesting with Matt Ryan this year, because Matt Ryan, I think is a real sleeper to come out in Indy and really make some noise. And they do have the benefit. I mean, I think Indy's the best team in that division because Tennessee is going to take a step back. They lost AJ Brown. I mean, Jacksonville's still really nothing to talk about and Houston's still rebuilding. So I mean, I really like Indy and I think having a veteran guy with Matt Ryan is going to take the burden off of Jonathan Taylor. 
And I mean, I really can't name another receiver that is his go-to besides Michael Pittman on that team. So mm-hmm. I'm willing to give Pittman a try. I think he has a lot of upside, but I mean, I'm not taking him. I don't think he's a top 15 wide receiver at all. Yeah. So I, I think the, you know, with Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan is, he's a good quarterback for fantasy. Yeah, right? he is. Yep. He, and he may not be the best in terms of, you know, how he ranks up to other QBs, but he gets his receivers a lot of points, mm-hmm. right? He, he can deliver passes. He throws for a lot of yards. He throws some picks too. Um, but, but, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, the Falcons always did better than, you know, their record was. Uh, I actually think the, the Titans, I think the Titans could be horrible this year. Right? Just after seeing what Ryan Tannehill had, Tannehill had to say after they drafted another quarterback. Right. You know, he's not, he's not, he's showing he's not a team player there. Right. Right. And if they lose three games off the bat, you know, they, they start losing their, their energy and, and that's what they have. You know, they had that crazy defense that came with so much energy and they had an offense that was okay. You know, didn't turn the ball over a ton until Tannehill decided that was his new job. Um, I think the Titans could be really bad. I do agree. Um, what, who, who, who did you say was the best team in that league? Uh, uh, the, oh, Colts. the Colts. Yeah. I think the Colts. Yeah. yeah. And the Colts are good. Colts, 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 you know, that's a good franchise. They have a good defense. Right. You know, they, they're always, like, surprisingly better than you think. It was crazy that they missed the playoffs last year. They I mean, were good, good, good. They had to win one game of the last two games of the season. And I don't know how you lose to Jacksonville, but <laughs> that's Carson Wentz for you. But I think I agree with you. I think Matt Ryan – at the helm, like his receivers are going to get looks. So, yeah, you know, I'm you know, really- I, don't, I don't know if I see Matt Ryan as being a crazy, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to win with Matt Ryan. Right. I, I just, I don't really, I don't see him as being the one who takes them to the Super Bowl. You know, maybe I'm wrong. You know, may, maybe, he, you know, he's just been so bad in Atlanta for so long, but, you know, we say the same thing about Stafford, every single person right. said, you know, the Rams made a mistake drafting for or trading for Stafford and then, you know, bam, 41 touchdowns at the Super Bowl later. Uh, you know, he's the one who's laughing now. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget Matt Ryan. It was just a few seasons ago. He did get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he was MVP and he was like unbelievably good that one season. Yeah. And then, you know, things went downhill from there. You know, Julio Jones just could never stay healthy. You know, Calvin Ridley, he had that coming out season. And then, you know, he walked away from football last year. So they really never had a running game the past few seasons. So it's not like he had something to supplement him. So I really think that I like, I don't think, no, I don't think they're a Super Bowl team yet, but I think they're capable of a playoff win or two. Yeah. You know, you're saying that. And remember that, that year, right. Where they were so good. They had that running back duo, right. One of them was Devontae Freeman. I don't remember the other one. Do you? (sighs) I think it was Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Tevin Coleman. Yep. Evan Coleman was a beast. That dude was like six yeah. two and used to run like crazy. I actually I liked Evan Coleman a lot, you know. And then he got traded, and you know he didn't get a lot in the free agency market, and and that was kind of correct because I don't think he has done so much since then. Yeah, I believe he's on the Jets right now. But well, yeah, no, that was a good. And we'll talk about running backs in next week's episode. But yeah, that was a good guy to have because Devontae Freeman was always injury prone, so. Tevin Coleman was a good guy if you were a Freeman owner to have on your bench so that once you know I'm not gonna lie you're making me think a lot about Michael Pittman Jr. because (laughs) with with, uh, the running back on the Colts you know Jonathan I actually had him last year I couldn't remember his name Um, but you know Matt Ryan is really good on the play action right And, and you saw that that one year where he basically had those two running backs where you know if you let him take the ball and didn't you know cater to cater to a stack in the box, they were going to go for seven yards every play. And if you didn't, you know, I even mean, if you fell for the play action, Matt Ryan was throwing a bomb and he can certainly still throw bombs. You know, last year Pittman was, he was okay. 88 catches for a hundred or a thousand and 82 yards. He had a lot um, of targets. I remember. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I just got the sense he's not incredibly strong and he doesn't have crazy body control. That's right. True. Very One true. thing I'll look for is, is like when you go and do the, the spin in the air, you know, how cleanly do you catch the ball and how cleanly do you land on your feet, right? And he never really had the athleticism that made me go, wow, right? Like when you saw Odo Beckham play his, his rookie right. year, you know, he would catch the ball in full sprint and then be making a move. Like, you know, it was unheard of athleticism, right? And then he started showing it off. And, you know, he's still Odell. He's still great. And hopefully he gets re-signed because I love Odell. 
Um, but Michael Pittman, he doesn't have the athleticism that I look for in, in stud wide receivers. Yeah, I agree. He, it's just, he's one of those guys that like, I feel like he, you know, especially if you're in a PPR league, I think he does have a lot of upside. You know, if you want to take him as your wide receiver too, or some, if you get a chance to, so I'm kind of higher on Pittman than your average person, because I do think he will get the targets, but I do want to move on because another interesting guy that changed team, which, you know, he kind of same thing asked for a trade out of nowhere was Tyreek Hill. And I was baffled that you would go from being on the chiefs that, you know, you you're a perennial Super Bowl contender to an up and coming team like the dolphins. And you pretty much trade Pat Mahomes for Tua and I'll, I'll lay it right out here. I've never been high on Tua. Like, I am not high on quarterbacks that are injury-prone in college and then come to the NFL and are still injury-prone. And, and are also lefties. Very true. Very true. So, for me, I you know, and I know Jalen Waddle had a good season last year, but I think Tyreek's numbers take a hit this year. What about you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, let me look at what Tyreek's draft position is. Um, so right here, I see it's 24th overall wide receiver nine. He's right ahead of AJ Brown. I just think, I think I'm not touching AJ Brown at all. I'm nope. not touching Tyreek at all. Nope. Uh, I, I don't think AJ Brown's good. I mean, I think uh, the Philadelphia quarterback, I think he's good. I think he, they run a really good offense, yep. but I don't think that means that AJ Brown's going to catch more than five passes a game. I'm but not high on Jalen Hurts at all. I'm not high on Jalen, you know, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Giants fan and I hate the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm, you know, I think Jalen Hurts is one of the best college football players you're going to see in recent years, mm-hmm. but his skill does not translate to the NFL. And yeah. I don't care if you have Deontay, Deontay Smith with them, you know, who they drafted last season. And then now you add AJ Brown. I mean, if the guy can't throw downfield in coverage, and we saw in the game against Tampa, you know, Philly had one of the easiest schedules last year. So even though they made the playoffs, now that we have three wild cards that you get, they weren't a good team at all. I yeah. think something like 0-5 against teams with a, five, a plus 500 record, maybe 1-5, something like that. Yeah. And I knew it was going to be a blowout against the Buccaneers. And Jalen Hurts just looked lost in that game. I mean, he was constantly under pressure. He looked like he had no vision. So, yeah, well, you know, in that game, he has to throw the ball more than he's comfortable. With, exactly. Right. The Eagles will never beat Tom Brady because Tom Brady, the defense doesn't matter. He's yep. putting up 28 points and, and that's it. Uh, but, you know, as far as football goes, I, I don't hate Jalen Hurts. You know, I think he's a game manager. I think he's a great runner. And, you know, I think if he doesn't make a lot of mistakes and throw a lot of interceptions, that's that's what they want. Right. The Philadelphia Eagles, they've got Darius Slay. They've 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 got a good defense, but they always have a good defense. They always have a good defense. They have a good run game, too. And and then they're the only team in the league that ran the ball more than the the Titans. Right. So I don't know how you could expect A.J. Brown to do better on a team that runs the ball more and has a quarterback with a weaker arm. I actually think Jalen Hurts is just better than Ryan Tannehill, right? Just all things considered. I don't like Ryan Tannehill. I don't like the way he acts. I don't like the way he plays football. Well, he's I, a terrible fantasy guy. So yeah, I mean, he just he doesn't seem like a great guy. You know, what he said about his, his new teammate, you know, that you can't yeah. say that stuff, right? You can you can think that, but you know, if you're gonna be a leader on the team and by being the quarterback, you are the leader, you know, you can't be you can't be saying that. Um no. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at a lot of mock drafts, too. And right now they have it fluctuates between Jalen Hurts, you know, being anywhere as high as the fifth rank quarterback to about the eighth or ninth guy. I mean, he does get, you know, his legs are going to get him rushing yards. But uh, I don't know. He's just a guy I'm staying away from in fantasy. Yeah, it's interesting. He does do better in fantasy than you'd expect because they don't you know the Eagles don't score very many points, but he does rush for like 80 yards a game. Right. Yeah which is crazy. Uh, you know, I, I like him. I, I actually have, you know, in college, I had two really good friends who were Eagles fans, mm-hmm. um, you know, diehard Eagles fans, right? We, we, I went to college in Boston and we were on the baseball team and they showed up to the, the practice the next day in Eagles jerseys after we beat, or after the Eagles beat the Pats. Uh, you know, the, the, so, you know, I will always like someone be interested in Philadelphia football. I, I, I think Philadelphia, you know, they're, they're a reasonably good team. 
right? I don't think their division is very strong this year. Uh, you know, I think they could be better than people expect. Yeah, so it, it's all going to come down to Jalen Hurts because one thing is this is, you know, last year was his first year starting. He played in only one game the year before. So it depends if defenses have figured him out now. You know, we saw last year, like you said, Philadelphia employed a run-first offense. So let's see how defensive coordinators now adjust their defenses to stop the run game and force Jalen Hurts to throw. So that's kind of why I'm leery. I see more of a potential of a regression in him than a progression. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, quarterbacks in year three, they generally make a big jump. Right. Right. Kyler Murray was the MVP Allen, favorite yep. last year. And then uh, Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. He won MVP in his third year. You see that a lot. You know, I, I, I disagree. I, I think Jalen Hurts could have a big year. Um, you know, it, it, it just depends. Can he throw the ball downfield? Can he get that coverage? Can he understand that coverage? They, they run a unique system there, right? They run a great system for him. It's almost a college football system, right? right. And they have a good enough defense to play low scoring games and win, right? They, they have a good defense. Um, we, we just got to see, right? Yeah, you know what? He Jalen Hurts will excel if you if you run more plays, you know, in the slot, you know, quick outs. Like if he's in the pocket for too long, if you want to, you know, what AJ Brown wants to do, run down the field and catch that deep pass. Like that's not where he excels. Like you really need to get it out of his hands quick before because he doesn't do well under pressure. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. It is a make or break year from him. You know, we'll see how that final playoff game if it got in his head if he does make the adjustments he needs, you know, he did a good job once he transferred from where did he transfer from Alabama and he really did well. So we'll see, but I'm glad that we're both kind of on the same page with AJ Brown. Cause I'm mm-hmm. right with you on there, but yeah, I wouldn't we'll touch go, him at all. we will go to, you know, Matthew Stafford's new weapon. And this is a guy I am very high on to draft yep. is Allen Robinson. What's your thought on that? Yeah, so so Allen Robinson is wide receiver 26, uh, 59th overall, and I'm comfortable taking him in that spot, right? I think he's a good wide receiver too, just as is. But, you know, if Cooper Cup gets hurt, he's the best wide receiver in fantasy football, mm-hmm. right, automatically. And he's a good player. He's had horrible quarterbacks his whole career. You know, it looked like he basically lost a little bit of motivation last year. But, you know, one thing that can get you going again is playing in Los Angeles, playing alongside Cooper Cup, playing with Matthew Stafford, and playing for the Super Bowl champions, right? It, you know, it, it could be a big year regardless. Uh, you know, it depends a little bit on Odell. I actually do think the Rams will bring Odell back. You do. Uh, considering the, the the Packers offered him a, a minimum contract. And Odell doesn't need any more money, right? Odell needs to, to basically justify the fact that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and right. I think he could be – and I think – I don't know if he's there yet. I think he actually may, may be with a Super Bowl win. Uh, and, you know, having the most famous catch of all time, that counts for something. He's um, not there yet. He, he needs to put together a few more seasons just of consistency. I mean, he's had a turmoil past for, yeah, right. past few years. But it's funny you bring up Odell because I actually, I think he goes to the Packers or the Chiefs. Like, those are my top two picks. The Rams yeah. are interesting um, because they really signed Odell at the right time, you know, and Robert Woods hadn't even gone down yet. But I wonder if the Rams are flowing, you know, if they come out and they're like seven to one again, do they take another shot at Odell or do does? I think they do. Uh, yeah. You know what you just said, you know, Odell to the, I don't think he's going to go to the Packers, although, you know, it, he should, I think the chiefs make a lot of sense. I think the chiefs will pay him some money. Uh you know, the Packers basically offered him the better minimum. And I, I think that may have pissed him off. Right. Um, you know, one thing I'm seeing though, is, you know, Odell is ranked as wide receiver 71. I mean, I would take Odell so much higher than that. It's a little ridiculous, right? I take Odell around like 80, right? Yeah. That's a, like, that's a fair one. You know, just st- stow him on your bench for a few weeks till he comes back. Like Dawson Knox. I'm not taking Dawson Knox over Odell. Brandon Ayuk, he's pretty good, actually. I would take him. But Melvin Gordon, you know, he's going to be sharing touches. He may be out soon. I'm not taking him over Odell. Kareem Hunt, who knows what's going on with him. 
I'm not taking him over Odell. Rashad Penny, that's a crowded backfield. I'm not taking him over Odell. Yeah. But if Odell comes back in week eight or you know, fuck, like week 12, and now, I mean, yeah, week 12 would be tough. I don't know what the timeline is for Odell. I mean, but you know, we're seeing people come back from injuries like crazy. I would take a big chance at Odell this year. Yeah, I would definitely still him on the brush. Actually, I want to talk about because you bring up Brandon Ayuk, and that's very interesting because, see, between – we know what Debo can do. Yeah. But, you know, uh, let me get your opinion. Do you draft Brandon Ayuk higher if Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback or Trey Lance? Yeah, you know, the, the whole situation in San Francisco is interesting because I don't – you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a bad quarterback. I think what he may be worse at is he may not be well-liked by his teammates and he may not be a great leader, right? We just saw a ton of quotes come from the Patriots and, you know, Martellus Bennett basically say, you know, there was one game where uh, Garoppolo was set to play and then it was a you know, game time decision decided he wasn't going to play. And, you know, Edelman came out and agreed with Martellus Bennett and said, yeah, I took, I took cortisol shots before that game. Of course it pissed me off. Right. These guys are putting their life on the line. And if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't share that sentiment, you know, you're not going to have a winning team with him. Right. I don't understand. You know, and that said, I don't understand how the 49ers can let him go after how well they performed this year. Right. Yeah, they did have a great defense. Yeah, they have some some great wide receivers, but he he's he's a good quarterback. He throws the ball well, and he doesn't make big mistakes. I agree. Right? He that. doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He is a safe quarterback who takes care of the football. You know, yeah, he's he's you know when he gets popped, he drops it sometimes. But I think he's a good quarterback for that team. He can throw the ball far, you know, relatively far. And Trey Lance is just, just going to throw interceptions, right? He's going to take the team he's out of the too, game. He still has too much raw talent. Like, I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't trust Trey Lance. Yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't do that. Uh, but you know, it's interesting because it's the franchise and. I mean, the, the 49ers could win the Super Bowl this year, right? No questions asked. Oh, they they, they easily been in it last year. I mean. Yeah, if Matthew Stafford wasn't a menace, they would have been, right? But uh, I, I would stick with um, Garoppolo. And to your question, you know, uh, I would probably stay. Oh, you know, the thing about Brandon Ayu is he's good. He's really good. He, he's like online to me with. Uh, Debo, at least as far as a wide A lot of upside, for sure. Like, and so much athleticism, right? He's one of those guys that you watch and you're like, that's an athlete. That guy's going to catch the ball and he's not going to drop it. He's going to make a move and he's going to get some extra yards. You know, he's scary. Uh, and, and you know, when, when Debo was out, I think he went off, right? Yep, he did. He so, really had a lot of games at the end of last year where he really excelled. And when George Kittle was out too, or if they use Kittle more as a blocker, he really came out, but yeah, Ayuk's yeah. one of those guys. You know, I'm drafting probably a little higher than most people are because of his upside, but only if I know Jimmy G is quarterback in that team because I just don't think I in the one game Trey Lance started last year. He just he didn't look ready for the NFL. Yeah. He looks like he needs a few more games under his belt, and even when he does, I just think that his talent it just how he reads the field. He has the arm strength. I'm not going to deny that. He has a cannon. Yeah. That's not always like the most important thing. Exactly. And if he could make the adjustment, because it's kind of like Josh Allen-esque. And when Josh Allen was drafted, everyone said the same thing. Big arm. He has accuracy problems. But he really took the next step and is now, you know, probably your top fantasy quarterback to draft. Mm -hmm. But It's funny. You know, I didn't didn't think Josh Allen was going to turn into something. I was you know, high I, on Allen. That draft, I remember everyone was talking Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. I, I said I would draft Josh Allen as the number one yeah. quarterback. Well, it, it worked out because he he is actually unbelievably good now. Like, he is kind of scary how good he is. You know, I, I love him, actually, because I like how he carries himself. I like, you know, I like everything about Josh Allen. Uh, but I was wrong about it, right? I basically saw him, you know, he had a little, he has a little bit of an unathletic throwing motion. Yeah. Right, where he, he shot puts it a little bit. But I mean, Jesus, the, the throws that he makes down the field now, it, it's 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 like him and Mahomes who can do it, right? Stafford can't do that. Stafford's not the athlete no, that he can't uh, Josh Allen is. He he had you know he may, he has some things Josh Allen doesn't have, but I think Matthew Stafford is tougher uh, and he may be a little bit smarter. But Josh, I mean, the athleticism on Josh Allen and he runs the ball well. I mean, it's really him and Mahomes in a world of its own. You know, to me, the the Bills are are, are Super Bowl favorites this year. 
you know, they upgraded their defense. I think me and you are on the same page about this. Yeah, for sure. But now that we are talking about sleepers, I do want to move into that because we are running out of a little time. So we probably won't get into quarterbacks today, but that'll be next episode. Let's just focus on wide receivers. But when, in terms of sleepers, you know, Jacob, who are you looking at? You know, some of your mid round guys who really aren't getting a lot of talk, haven't really got a lot of, you know, publicity or anything. And this could really be a breakout year for them. Yeah. So I'm looking at uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, right? yeah, choice. So, so that guy, you know, he was on the lions. Uh, he basically the last four games of the season, he had eight catches for 90 yards and a touchdown in all of those games. You know, he, he may take a, a step back. People will cover him. But I mean, that upside is a little ridiculous, right? He's being drafted, I think, around 100th or, or 76th ADP. He's being drafted right next to Juju Smith Schuster and Adam Thielen. You know, though, both of those two guys are okay, right? I don't think, I don't know if I like Smith Schuster as a, just a player, right? I just don't see any crazy intangibles with him. Thielen, yeah. you know, I don't know what the deal with him is. It, it kind of seems like he's aged a little bit and just Justin Jefferson has taken over. Right. Yeah. But Amonra St. Brown, right? You know, Jared Goff, he's not that bad. Uh, the Lions don't have too much else. They have DeAndre Swift. Um, I think they drafted a wide receiver, but you know he's a, he's a rookie. He may not make a huge impact. You know, I like I like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, you know, maybe you could give me one because I can take a look at the ADP sheet and find some more. You know what? I actually would take a shot, and I probably get him pretty late because no one's not too many people are talking about him. But I take a shot at Christian Watson. You know, the the Packers' new guy. Because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing. I think Randall Cobb is a little too old. He's coming off of, you know, an injury plague season last year. I think that Alan Lazard, even though he's had flashes, I just don't think he's ever going to develop into a number one guy. Sammy Watkins has just been injured his whole career. So I have no idea what that's going to show. But if this guy can, can, can develop chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, and become the number one for the Packers. I mean, I'm all over him. What yeah. Do you yeah, absolutely. I, I've seen some talk about that. Uh, you know, him being a rookie and coming in. Uh, someone's going to catch a lot of passes in the Packers, yeah. right? Someone is going to be the number one guy and someone is going to, you know, go for a hundred yards every game. Um, so, so I think it's reasonable to draft, you know, all the Packers receivers because none of them are highly, uh, you know, highly ranked, but someone is going to end up right it's just a matter of who and maybe it's Odell right right yeah I mean Uh, I'm also looking at the the Broncos receivers because they struggled under with the quarterback position last year yet Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke none which were great I mean the Broncos should have made the playoffs if they had a legit quarterback and now they do in Russell Wilson so I'm looking more closely at a Jerry Judy at a Cortland Sutton at a Tim Patrick so mm-hmm. whereas I would have probably just not even give them a second chance last year, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all three of them. How about you? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think I undervalue Russell Wilson from a fantasy perspective, right? I certainly understand how good he is as a leader and as a quarterback. Right. Um, but you know, when he was in Seattle, I mean, DK Metcalf was putting up some pretty serious numbers. Yeah, I don't know if I love any of their receivers, right? What I've seen from Jerry Judy doesn't look good at all, right? He actually hasn't, he hasn't played that well. I think he's dropped a ton of passes. He's undersized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not horrible. I mean, we saw what Russell Wilson did with Tyler Lockett, who's pretty similar. Um, it, it's not something I've given a ton of thought, honestly. And I may, may, it may be because I don't think of Russell Wilson as a big fantasy guy the way I should. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as he's older, he will throw the ball more. Uh, so, so that's a, that's a good team to take a look at, right? You know, someone on that team is going to catch passes, you know, but you know, Russell Wilson, he does spread the ball around a lot. He does. And, you know, I could see all of them going for 50 yards per game, right? Two receivers, a tight end and a running back and Russell Wilson throws for an average of two thirty a game. And they run the ball a lot, uh, cause they have that dual backfield, right? That's kind of how I see the Broncos playing out this year. Um, but you know, then there's always the chance that Russell Wilson, I mean, he does, I mean, he has a, he has a cannon and he, he's, yeah. he's a beast. So you never know. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm obviously, I don't think they're really sleepers, but if you don't get Jamar chase, I think T Higgins is, you know, Tyler Boyd, 
Joe Burrow is just going to throw up, you know, 30 passes a game. It's maybe even 40 in some games. So I'm targeting all Bengals receivers. Yeah. So, so one sleeper that, you know, I'm not basing this off of performance, but David Njoku, right. The Browns paid him so much money this off season. You know, it was the stupidest contract I think anybody had ever seen. Right. I think they're paying him something like $12 million a year. And he, he hasn't caught more than 40 passes in a season. I think he has like, he had like 16 and then 39 catches. Yep. But, you know, one thing, you know, I, I've learned in sports is that if they pay you, they're going to play you, right? You know, it's, it may be a little bit more true in a game without a salary cap. Oh, no, I mean, it's probably more true in a game with a salary cap, like football, you know, unlike the MLB where the Red Sox can kind of just afford to put Pombo Sandoval in, in AAA. Um, but, it, you know, they're paying him this money. They're going to play him. They're going to throw him the ball. And if they don't, everyone in that company, everyone in that front office is fired, right? They probably are already just because – I mean, the Cleveland Brown, like, like it's ridiculous. Deshaun Watson, I, you know, it's not clear if he's going to play again. Right, right. Yeah. It really isn't. And they basically gave him, I don't know how much money it was, but it's all guaranteed. And that is ridiculous. Yep. I don't think he plays this season, to be honest with you. But, you know, we don't have to get into the legal matter. But I do want to bring up now that we're talking about the Browns, and that is Amari Cooper. Because, I mean, where do you draft this guy who – you know, for a few years was Dallas's number one guy. And at least I I think a top 15 receiver. So where do you draft him with the uncertainty of the Browns? So, yeah. So I see his average draft position as 51st and the 21st wide receiver. That's right ahead of Brandon cooks and Marquise Brown uh, and Jerry Judy. uh, And it's right behind Cortland Sutton and Jalen Waddle. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, you know, he has really high upside. You know, he's still a good player. He, he, and he, I like a marketer. He's not crazy flashy. He just runs his routes. He catches the ball. And then he, he you know, he, he walks nonchalantly back to the huddle after he scores a touchdown. Uh, that being said, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play that team's going to be a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, that doesn't really bode incredibly poorly for Amari Cooper because they're going to be throwing the ball, right? Cleveland Browns. If, if Deshaun Watson isn't the quarterback, then they're losing every game by 30. Right. Yeah. If Deshaun Watson is, then Amari Cooper is going to get a lot of targets. He's going to get quality ones. So while 51, it seems a little high. Um, That's fair for him. I think it's okay. Right. I, I would take a look at Amari Cooper if he's on the board at 51. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. But, you know, we are running out of time. And I do want to talk about, because it's always a hot topic, but rookies to watch out for. I told you I like Kristen, Christian Watson as one of my sleepers and also a rookie to watch for. Are there any other rookie wide receivers people should be looking at in your opinion? So, you know, I actually generally will never draft rookies. Okay. I don't even really pay attention until they have proved themselves. That's you know, fair. maybe that's crazy because we saw what Odell did and I, you know, it's actually crazy. So Odell had that rookie season and my friend thought he was making out like a bandit and I traded him Calvin Johnson for Odell. And then Odell basically continued to go crazy and was, <laughs> you know, the number one receiver. And this was, this may have been my first year. Uh, so he, yeah, because I said I had Calvin Johnson, right? So I traded Calvin Johnson for Odell. And then I, I don't think I won the championship, but I may have actually. I may have um, because Odell was crazy, crazy good at the end of the season. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really draft rookies, right? That, that Lions rookie who's a first-round pick, yeah. I, don't, I have no idea. I don't expect him to make a difference. I'm never starting a rookie week one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're, I'm kind of in your boat. I've never really been high on rookies that are unproven. Now, I will say Christian Watson, I am high on just because of the quarterback situation and the wide receiver situation he's getting into. But I do think another guy on the New Orleans Saints, and that's Chris Olav. I watched him a lot at Ohio State. It was back even when I worked at Fox Sports a few years ago, and I did a lot of his highlights. And this guy can catch the ball. Yeah. I think that with the Saints, I mean, if if Jameis Winston doesn't go down last year, that the Saints make the playoffs. So I I think that Jameis Winston, you know, you're going to have Michael Thomas coming back. I think he's going to be double teamed a lot. I don't think he's going to still be 100%, but they're still going to double team him. He's the number one guy. I think Chris Olav is a, a guy to really watch for. Yeah. Uh, I don't completely trust Jameis Winston yet. 
Mm-hmm. You know, as far as, you know, win losses go, I do trust him to put up big fantasy numbers. Um, so, you know, him being back, uh, you know, they also did just trade for Jarvis Landry or, or I don't know if they traded for him or picked him up. Yeah, so there's a lot of people to feed there. You still have Alvin Kamara, uh, who I'm actually not so high on. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. You know, I, what, Alvin Kamara is going to be like, what? I mean, so he's, he, he's going to be drafted high just because of the name. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find him on the board. I don't even see him on here. I mean, I mean, like he's still he's still like such a playmaker, but I feel like I don't know. I'm like you. There's something about him that I just don't trust. Yeah. So you know, now that I'm looking at it, he's ranked as the the RB running back 13. Okay. So I, I thought he was going to be ranked like eighth overall. Yeah. Uh, I like him at 23rd overall on the on the board. Uh, yeah, uh, that's fair. You know, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be better than Tyreek Hill. I think he's gonna be better than James Conner for sure. AJ Brown for gonna sure. Take such a slide. He's gonna take such a slide, James Conner. Yeah. You know, I think Arizona has. Uh, I think Chase Edmonds is good. Um, I don't know though. I mean, I just feel like James Conner. He's not gonna get a ton of reps, right? Look, look Kyler's gonna run the ball. They're gonna throw it to their playmakers, and they're gonna throw it to Chase Edmonds out of the backfield. James Conner could be good in a non PPR league but I don't play non-PBR leagues. Yeah, definitely. But there is a lot to look at in the wide receiver market. I mean, wide receiver is so tough because the depth of some of these guys, and then, you know, it's, I think it's the number one position you're going to always get off waiver wire too, because you're going to have some random guy that goes off for 10 catches and 200 yards. Everyone's going to want to get him. And then he's not going to do anything the rest of the season. I don't know how many times I've seen that. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. That's true. I, that's why I think you got to draft wide receivers early because I agree. I, 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 I always draft wide receivers over, over running backs. That's always been a thing I do, especially yeah, because, the Le'Veon debacle. Oh yeah. And running backs are going to get hurt, right? Some every year, I would say there's three running backs that get hurt and there's a clear person who comes off waivers who is unbelievably valuable. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there needs to be some, there can be some foresight as to, you know, which player is in the best position to basically become a star midway through the season, right? Like last year I held, I held Sony Michelle the whole time because, uh, you know, I think his name is Daryl Henderson for the Rams. He runs like a, a truck and he's going to get hurt, right? He has to, yeah, uh, no, I'm not saying I like that, but I'm just saying it's a product yeah. of his style. And he yeah. did, he told, he broke his ribs and, and for a while, Sony Michelle was 18 rushes for 80 yards and four catches. And bam, that's a, that's a, that's almost a running back one. Um, so every year, you know, that's another thing I'll look out for. I, I focus on wide receivers who have big time opportunity shares. And then I focus on running backs that could potentially, you know, turn into lot or you know, turn into big time players. Yeah, that's very good advice, but unfortunately we're out of time. I know that we could talk about fantasy all day, every day. But this was a great kickoff episode. I really had fun. And, you know, I'm glad that we just spent the whole pretty much hour talking about wide receivers because then I know for all the rest of our episodes, we'll focus on one position because it will make things very entertaining. So our next episode, we will talk about quarterbacks since we just did wide receivers. I feel like that's a good segue before we head to running backs and then the ever popular tight ends, which I have many opinion on people that draft tight ends high because i don't but anyway i agree yep thank you everyone for joining us and we will see you next episode take care yeah thank you guys